Well, good morning. Welcome to Zion on the 21st Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, before we begin our worship, a few things to share. Uh, first, a couple of announcements in the bulletin to pay attention to. So, first, if you can help with Altar Guild next year, March and December, let Barb know. If you've never done it before, that's okay. We will show you just what to do and no stress at all. So, if you're able to help out, let let Barb know or let me know and, and we'll get you signed up. Uh, also a reminder that newsletter articles are due today. So if you have something that needs to go in a newsletter, please make sure that gets in today so we can get it out this week. Uh, following worship today, the beautiful decorations for Harvest Home will come down. So if you brought something in that you would like to have back and take home, make sure you get it today. Um, we will also to this morning be praying for the family of Don Bryan who passed away this last week. So keep Don's family in your prayers as they, as they grieve their loss. Do you have any other announcements or any prayer requests for the congregation this morning? Prayer request for the Henry Stoner family. That would be Barb's stepfather passed away this past week at the age of 101. And also for our son-in-law, Steve Brumfield, who's in the hospital. Okay. All right, if there's nothing else for the congregation, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. and I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, 
to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. So that we may hide in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, 
Let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Sovereign God, raise your throne in our hearts. Created by you, let us live in your image. Created for you, let us act for your glory. Redeemed by you, let us give you what is yours. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped to subdue nations before him and strip kings of their robes, to open doors before him, and the gates shall not be closed. I will go before you and level the mountains. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and riches hidden in secret places, so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name, for the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel my chosen, I call you by your name. I surname you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I arm you, though you do not know me, so that you may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make weal and create woe. I, the Lord, do all these things. The word of the Lord. We now read responsibly Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Declare God's glory among the nations and God's wonders among all peoples. For great is the Lord, and great is the grace. As for all the gods of the nations, they are all but idols. But you, O Lord, have made the heavens. 
Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord honor and power. Ascribe to the Lord and honor to the holy name. Bring offerings and enter the courts of the Lord. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before the Lord, all the earth. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea thunder and all that is in it. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood shout for joy at your coming, O Lord, for you come to judge the earth. You will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with your truth. A reading from 1 Thessalonians. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers. Constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Just as you know what kind of persons we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For in spite of persecution, you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you may become an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Caia. For, for the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us, what kind of welcome we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew. The Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. 
and they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, we remember that our gospel reading takes place in the final days before Jesus was arrested and crucified in Jerusalem. And the leaders who are opposing Jesus have been scheming together on how they can get rid of Jesus. And so the Pharisees and the chief priests and the elders so far in the gospels have failed in all their gotcha attempts against Christ. They've not been able to show that he is wrong in any way. They've not been able to find any charges to bring against him. He keeps pointing out their hypocrisy and showing them the ways in which they are opposing God's will. And of course, they're angry about it. So in this morning's readings, they have plotted together and come up with what they believe to be a surefire plan. The elders are going to send their disciples to challenge Jesus with a political question because they know there's no easier way to divide a crowd than to talk politics. They know, like we do even today, that if you want to get someone in trouble, then you just need to get them to talk politics. And so, in fact, they've schemed, and they're going to send disciples of both the conservative political party and the liberal political party to ask Jesus this question together. They think that they will get Jesus to pick a side, and no matter what he says, to make powerful political enemies on one side or the other. And so the question that they come to him with is simple. Does it fulfill God's law to pay taxes to Caesar? Or does it contradict God's law to pay taxes to Caesar? In other words, what's more scriptural? Is it more aligned to God's will to oppose the pagan emperor and to set up a faithful Jewish government? Or is it more aligned to God's will to follow God's law by supporting the pagan empire? And you can see the trap they are attempting to set for Jesus. Because if he says, no, don't pay your taxes, the emperor is an enemy of God, well, they'll accuse him of treason and being a rebel. If he says the emperor is good and we should support him, then they'll turn the people who feel oppressed by Rome against him. They will accuse Jesus of being a pagan himself. Caesar at this time in the Roman Empire wasn't just any elected official. Caesar claimed to be the son of God. Caesar demanded his subjects worship him. And so the Pharisees hope that they can spin this against Jesus, that if he tells them to pay taxes, then they get to accuse him of idolatry. Or if he goes the other way, they're going to accuse them of treason. Well, Jesus doesn't play the game. And so what Jesus will say, and the point which they don't understand, is that there are actually two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of this world, of which the emperor has an important role, and there is the kingdom of heaven, in which we are residents by faith. There is a distinction, as we always say, between law and gospel. And here Jesus gives us a distinction between the two kingdoms of this world. 
and he's telling us not to confuse them. And so here's the problem that both the Pharisees and the Herodians fell into in our gospel reading. They assumed that our righteousness was based on how we participated in the kingdom of this world. In other words, God's kingdom is going to be brought about in this world by how we participate in the politics and the civil life of this world. They really only thought that there was one kingdom and that God would usher in heaven through political change. So the Herodians claimed that King Herod and Caesar, the emperor, would be the means by which God would bring his kingdom into the world. And the Pharisees thought that was wrong. The Pharisees thought that you needed a theocracy, that a theocracy, that bringing God's law completely into the civil sphere would bring in God's kingdom. And so both parties are opposite sides of the same coin. But I do wonder if this basic debate sounds familiar to you in one way or another, because it's the same debate that happens over and over among Christians. So in America presently, there are both conservatives and liberals who fall into the same trap way too often. And they fall into the trap of believing that their political candidate is the Messiah, that their political candidate, their political policies will save people from their sins. This is everywhere. There was a video this week that went viral of Roger Stone speaking at a pastor's conference. And he said, we don't deify or worship Donald Trump. We worship the Lord, but we recognize that Donald Trump is his apostle. Well, you see the confusion here and not talking politics or policy, but Donald Trump's role as an elected official as our president is not as an apostle. The role of the head of state is not as a preacher of the word. And I'm not being partisan here because it happens on the other side too. I remember in 2009, right after the presidential election, there was a book published called The New Rising Dawn, Barack Obama, the Messiah President. Right, there's always a temptation, no matter which side you fall on, to believe that your political party, your policies, are going to usher in God's kingdom. But that's not the case. And this is what Jesus means when he says, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. We have to make a distinction between the two. And so Jesus here shows us how to make that distinction. For example, Jesus affirms quite clearly that we should pay our taxes. Likewise, in the New Testament, St. Paul and St. Peter will tell Christians, pay their taxes, submit to the emperor when possible, and pray for the emperor's well-being. God has given the emperor, God has given our state, our president, whoever it is, God has given the emperor a vocation, a calling. And in fact, God gives our leaders authority. Jesus confirms this in the Gospels when he stands before Pilate. He says to Pilate, you would have no authority if it had not been given to you from above. God grants worldly authority to our government officials. That's the witness of scripture. Pharaoh ruled Egypt because God put him there. Cyrus, in our Old Testament reading, ruled in Persia because God put him there. Augustus Caesar ruled in Rome because God put him there. And even today, Joe Biden rules in D.C. because God put him there. The state, our government, exists for a reason. 
And St. Paul tells us that God has put these rulers there so that wrongdoers will be punished, that there will be order in society, and that our society would be maintained through the use of the law. Therefore, if the government officials say, pay your taxes, then we should pay our taxes so that they can do their job properly. And so we hand over our money. And of course, I don't enjoy paying taxes any more than any of you, but truly, God intends our government and our authorities to exist for our well-being. But this doesn't mean that our leaders are not to be held accountable. Right? In democratic societies, we have systems of election to keep them accountable. But in the bigger picture, all of us are accountable to what we do in our vocations in this life. If you abuse your position as parent, as spouse, as neighbor, as worker, as pastor, as teacher, or as president of the United States, then you will answer to God for it. And so when we say that God has placed our rulers over us, we're not saying that everything they do is celebrated and blessed by God. What we are saying is that God has given them a particular office for a reason, and they will be accountable to God for what they do in that office. And this is why we pray for our president by name every week. He is a man who will stand before God when he dies. No matter how much power he has, responsibility he has, respect he has at this moment, he was put in that office by God. And in the end, he will answer to God for how he has used that office. And so Jesus tells us in our gospel to make sure we understand the proper job of our rulers. Our rulers will not and cannot save our souls. The rulers of this world cannot forgive our sins, nor can the rulers of this world rid the world of all evil. And so we must not believe that we are made holy by the actions of our government officials. And this is the great temptation for us today in democratic societies, because we love to take pride in our political parties and our alliances. And so it's too easy for our hearts to make idols out of our politicians, out of our policies, out of our alignments. But we must not, as Christians, confuse the kingdoms. Right? We must not believe that we are made holy by the way we vote. And now, as citizens, we certainly want to do what is right. We want to advocate and work to do what is right and just in our society. We want the lives of the innocent to be preserved. We want violence to be curbed. We want to make sure people can work fairly. We want people to be able to take care of their families and their vocations and so on. And we can and should use our faith and use God's law to help inform us on how we should participate in civil life. But when we begin to think that our politicians are our true hope, then we begin to confuse the law with the gospel. We do give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Right? Pay your taxes. Vote. Especially vote with your conscience informed by scripture and reason. Serve on jury duty when you can. Serve and support the military, the law enforcement, so that they can serve justly and responsibly. Follow every law that doesn't contradict God's law. Fill out whatever paperwork you're supposed to fill out. Do whatever else that Caesar asks you to do that belongs to this world. 
because that's what properly belongs to Caesar. But we also remember that there are things that belong to God. Remember what makes you a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and that is faith. What God wants of you is a faithful heart. He wants you to put your trust into his promises. And this is how God makes you righteous. When you trust in Jesus Christ, that is your true life. That is your eternal assurance and comfort. That is your hope. And it's in Christ that we put our hope in as Christians. Because your salvation is not going to come through a politician. No elected official can put you in a right relationship with God. Only Christ can do that. And so always check your hearts for idolatry. Understand and make that distinction between the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. And so give your heart to God. Put your love, your trust, put your fear, put your faith in God alone. Because God alone is the one who saves us. Amen.
Together let us stand and confess our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. God of our salvation, you deliver your Son's work through your word and power and through the Holy Spirit. Strengthen the church's pastors to proclaim your truth. Increase the faith of all who hear your word that they may respond in love and be steadfast in their hope. Lord, in your mercy. God of all truth, from the rising of the sun to its setting, you make known your salvation in Christ. Bless parents and grandparents as they teach their children and grandchildren your word and your ways. Let them know that there is no God besides you, and so rejoice in your faithfulness. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Almighty God, your kingdom will not be shaken. And so we ask that you would come to the rescue of those who are displaced by war, famine, and by other disasters. Bless now diplomats, peacekeepers, rescue workers, and all who are given aid through their efforts, so that peace and plenty may prevail. And especially we lift up to you those who are working for peace, safety, and justice now in Israel. Lord, in your mercy. God, our Redeemer, you provide deliverance and justice for all who are oppressed. Free those who are in bondage to substances, to gambling, and to other addictions. Release victims of human trafficking and bring them to safety. Lord, in your mercy. God, our Father, you appointed Cyrus as your instrument to return your people to Jerusalem. Uphold the authorities of our nation, especially Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, in wisdom and integrity, that we might live in peace with a good conscience. Grant that our elected officials would make good use of the taxes we render and lead us to recognize them as your instruments in their vocations, honoring them and praying for them as you command. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. O Lord, our help comes from you alone, who made heaven and earth. You preserve our life. Have mercy on Matt, Charlie, Jane, Nancy, John, Brandy, Marilyn, Virgil, Tony, Carolyn, Amanda, Steve, the Stoner family, and the Bryan family, and all of those who mourn. And keep them from all evil, shade them from all harm, and show them your goodness. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, guard those who now travel. Keep their going out and their coming in safe. Protect them from every trouble. Prosper their journey according to your will, and make their homecomings joyful. 
Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as our Lord Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen.
Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.